It's time for this week's Uplift. Three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us for Uplift. We are here tonight to give you a very special presentation. And as you can see, we got one person missing, but we brought back our favorite guest, Robert Johnson. Welcome back, Robert. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. And Chad, good to see you tonight. And uh, let's just go ahead and get started. So Chad had a great topic to bring up. Authority. If we understood and took our authority, how would the church be different? Is that what you said, Chad? Yeah. And I, and I really believe that it would not only strengthen our churches, but it would be, uh, I mean, we, we would see the, the number of people in society coming back to churches. I, I feel like if we had authority and we helped people with their real problems that they face in life, and gave them real tangible uh, solutions that are promised in the Bible through authority that our churches would strengthen and grow. So what you're saying is you want a church to do what a church was intended to do, not yeah. what it's actually doing. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great concept. I mean, the reality is, like, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? Like, what we read in Scripture, a lot of times we don't see it practiced today, but that's that's the point, right? Like, it's not practiced. And so so there's, there's like, what the Bible says uh, and then us living it out. And so there's it, it really ought to be together. It's not really a dualistic. It's really all the same things together. But, yeah, that's, that's right. the deal, right? Like, Kind of like, if I could just mention this, like, it's like, it, what happened if the church had authority? Well, it has authority. It's already there. Yeah, right. It's already there. And uh, let me just start with this scripture. I want to start with, because it's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and in uh, Mark 16. Matthew 28 and Mark 16 really need to be read. I think Mark 16 actually tells you what you're going to do if you have the authority, right? <laughs> And Matthew yeah. 28 actually tells you you already have it. And so Matthew 28, this is what Jesus says. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. So anytime there's a therefore, you got to ask the question, what is the therefore, therefore? Right? And he says, <laughs> go therefore and make disciples of all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Rock HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so Jesus literally says he's been given all authority. And so the statement is because he's been given authority, we now should have no fear of going. And, and expressing Christ to the entire world because his authority stretches throughout the entire world. And that ex authority is extended to us in the commands, uh, which is, and then that's kind of where Mark 16 comes in, right? Like if those who go and you're, you're proclaiming Christ, you're going to be able to cast out demons, speak in new tongues. You're going to be, you know, healing the sick. I mean, it does all these things. Like he said, this is what's going to be happening to the end. 
And so, um, so the authority is there, but is it practiced? And, uh, and I think, I think there's, that's where the issues are, right? Like, I think people simply don't believe they have it. <laughs> I just, I don't think they believe they have it. Yeah. Or they believe that it's not for them. It's for somebody else. But what we don't realize is that it's for every single one of us mm-hmm. from the, the ones that society may think of as the most insignificant to the most glamorous, but in God's eyes, we all have it and we're all on this level where we can exercise it. And like Chad said, we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and kind of what spurred this was, you know, earlier today uh, or this evening at some point earlier, I was, I was looking at the, 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 the friends of the new global dominate denomination on, on Facebook, that group and uh, for the Methodist, and I was looking on there and they, they somebody posted this news article about there was a church in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, 170 year old church and, you know, big church. And it had a lot of people and it was shutting down because of lack of membership. And, then, mm-hmm. you know, I got to thinking about something that one of our former pastors, uh, Steve Sparling, had come and talked to our our congregation there. What was it about a month ago or so? And, and, you know, his comment was, well, you know, the, the Methodist church denomination has been losing tens of thousands of people every year for the last three decades or whatever. And I've been really thinking about, well, why is that? Well, and the reason is, is because, you know, we're not really being the church. You know, that's why, because people, you know, that, that soccer game, you know, they sign their kids up for soccer and I'm not being condescending to anyone, but, you know, to them, they get they get more about enrolling their kids in soccer and baseball yeah. and or dance or whatever than they get from the church because the church is not executing its authority and the church is not helping them with their problems in life hmm. and and that sort of thing. And now, of course, that that could get deep and, you know, we could spend hours talking about that. But that's kind of the basis of my thinking. And, and then, you know, like, just like Robert just pointed out there, you know, uh, if the churches did what we were supposed to do, I, I think they'd be out in the streets on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. I think that, yeah, I think you guys as pastors would be wore out, you yeah. know, like you guys would be trying to get in a boat and cross the, cross the, the, the river or the Creek or wherever. Yeah. Because you'd be wore out because at Tuesday at two in the afternoon, you'd be go trying to find a place to hide. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm waiting for people to um, give me the problem of, of having too many people who just go and witness and they're witnessing so much yeah. and God's moving so much that we don't know what to do. Like I'm waiting for that problem. That's a good one, right? Like that's a good problem. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so that's kind of what I'm waiting for. Like, imagine, imagine if we, if you will, the church goes out into the street. Imagine if you said we're gonna we're gonna do some evangelism today, and you told them everybody you pray for is gonna experience power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody that you get, they're going to, they're going to experience a deliverance of either sin 
or they're going to experience a deliverance in from disease. Not only would uh, that become one of the most popular ministries in town and in the state, and you know who knows where it would end, but it, it's literally going to change the mentality of all the people, right? Like all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Everyone's gonna go. I these things, these things, and the reality is, we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. This is what it should yeah, look. Absolutely. Like. And Jesus, Jesus, actually, if we look at Scripture, he ministered the way he ministered. A lot of people he healed, or he cast demons from. Did not even know who he was. Mm -hmm. And then he would tell them later, or they, or that was the cause of their belief. Mm. Right. And, and so it's kind of like Jesus still does that kind of ministry. That authority is supposed to exist. It, he still does that because that's still a testimony that Jesus is the son of God. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and in the book of Acts, it carried on when he ascended into heaven. You know, Peter and John were performing miracles and and Philip and, and everybody was performing miracles to show that the testimony of Jesus was in them. And, you know, you had a great point, uh, Chad. They, there's something at that soccer game or baseball or flag football or whatever it is. There's something there that's drawing the people in. It's giving them what they want, you know, entertainment, maybe I, whatever it is, it's drawing them in, but the church isn't drawing anybody in because, well, some churches are still stuck in the, the early 1900s with their music or worship style. And some churches are just so over the top that people are shying away from it. But really, if we, if we do what you said, use our authority and we, meet people where they are and give them something, not that they need something to believe, but this shows the testimony of Jesus and then they will believe and then they will come and then they will want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to take that step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back to Robert's point earlier, and it might've been before we started recording, he said, we have to first recognize that number one, it's, it's a faith situation. Yeah to recognize that we have the authority. And I think, and you guys are the smart ones, so I'll leave this to you guys. But in, I think it's in 1 Corinthians. Isn't it written in 1 Corinthians uh, where Paul talks that we, our bodies are the vessels of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. To me, that's part of, part of, that's one of the very early steps in this. It's like, we have to recognize that we, are the vessels of the Holy Spirit. And then from there, once we realize that, and we realize that God loves us, and that uh, there's a there's there's a saying, and this might be scriptural or not, but there, that God is no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I think that is scriptural, but I can't mm -hmm. memorize the Bible like you smart people. <laughs> but but what, what the point of it is, that God's not going to just do something for Robert or Phil or Ian. He's going to do it the same thing for them that he does for everybody. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's like uh, we got to realize that. And then we got to have faith back to Robert's point. We got to have the faith that we have the authority. And then we got to realize we have the Holy Spirit in us. And then those are kind of like the basic building blocks in my mind. And then we can go with it, you know, everybody in the church, not just the pastor. Well, and I think, I think that's the, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to mention a couple of points here. One, like the great commission, I think it's almost happened in our world today that people think that's the minister's job. Yeah. Like somehow, like they've exempted themselves from Jesus's calling on us, right? <laughs> like, like, hey, I'm a believer, but it's the that's why we hired the minister, right? He's supposed to go to, and and that's not what Jesus says, right? It it is a the Great Commission. The it, it is a commission. Here's one of the exciting parts, and this is to me, to me, it's really drab. It's a, a believer's life is really drab. When you're not engaged in experiencing those spiritual movements, because what's happening is you're 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 allowing your relationship to no longer be a relationship, hmm. and it's it's almost like this relationship that you were once so vibrant about, vibrant enough to say I'm going to commit my life to, that now it's like heading toward divorce. Right, it's heading it's heading toward divorce because now it's like, well, it's not really a relationship, or the relationship exists in this way. I've I've done the basic thing God wants me to do so that I can be with him in heaven. But now for the rest of my life, I'm just gonna live the the normal life, like what we think is normal. And and that is a what that is, that's a denial of faith and a denial of authority and a denial of calling. It's, it's just, you're just denying your commitment. You're denying what Jesus is called. He's always calling us to that something higher. And one of the things that was exciting to me when I first got saved is to find out, wow, it wasn't just the salvation moment, but now I'm walking with the Lord. And not only is he talking to me, but now he's he started out like I can see his move. And I, and then you start seeing miracles. I mean, it's just vibrant. Like it's the things that keep you vibrant. And and to see like the Great Commission, that's one of the things where you're going to see a lot of people that are like, well, I don't see the Lord moving in my life. Well, when was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Because Jesus is like, as you go and do these things. So you're going to experience the enemy trying to stop you. You're going to experience people who are sick. You're going to experience people who need deliverance. And then you're going to see it when you pray for them, when you, when you're moving forward. And all of a sudden when you do, you go, no way. Like I was this even, you know, Lord, you are awesome. And, and it's people end up, they getting, they get tricked into a, a life that is becomes stale. And then when that happens, uh, Erwin Lutzer wrote a book called The Serpent of Paradise. I would recommend it for anybody who who wants to read more on just getting a real picture of the enemy. But 
he wrote a book called The Serpent of Paradise, and he showed five lies that the serpent had. And I think it's one of those lies in particular is rampant in the church. And the, it's the lie of false enlightenment. Hmm. It's a false religious experience. And the way it looks in our church today is because we go to a service, we feel religious. Hmm. We feel like we have done our part. We feel like, you know, we, we've heard the word. And so we feel like that was a good thing. And that, and for a lot of us, we go, that's enough. And then we think, see, me and God are good. And in reality, God is calling us to something that's a vibrant relationship that carries an authority with it, that'll carry deliverance in ministry, that'll carry, you know, it, you'll, all of a sudden your life is literally going to change. You're going to see God calling you to things. And, and, and you'll see a real move, you know, and it's kind of like the person is like, well, I went on Christmas and Easter. So because I went on Christmas and Easter, I felt good about like, I can check that off. Right. And yeah. what that is, that's that false enlightenment. That's that false religious experience that Satan wants us to have. That is not real in relationship with the Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. Mm -hmm. And we are not going to reach God without Jesus Christ. No matter how many Sundays you go or how many yeah. Christmases yeah, that's or right. That's right. Easter's you go to. And people need to know that. And people in the church need to know that too. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a great the lie, the lie in the garden. That's what it was. It was, he told Eve, right? He said, Hey, if you eat this fruit, then you will be like the Lord or you'll, you will, you will know yeah, the Lord. Yeah. Right. And it actually yeah. was disobedience is what it was. So when we deny, uh, when we deny the great commission or we deny the authority that Jesus has given to us to go and preach the gospel or to go and do anything in his name, it, it's, we're, it's like we're eating the fruit again. Mm. Mm. Boy, that'll, that, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's a, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> but you know, that's that's a great point about the 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 false experience. Is that what you said? It was a fault. The false experience. The false religious experience. You feel like you're close to God because you did something you felt like God wanted you to do, but it's really in reality just a church service. Mm-hmm. Because of how we paint it in our mind. Yeah. But that's a that's a great point because if you don't have that true relationship, you're not going to hear from him and you're not going to carry the authority. Mm -hmm. That's correct. You're mm. absolutely right, Chad. And that's one of the first things I'm going to say this weekend for the uh, workshop, the Hearing from God workshop is, you know, if, if you want to hear from God, you've got to get your relationship with God working daily, not just on Sunday, daily. Mm -hmm. And I can probably talk to people who say they don't hear from God. And I'm sure that I would find out that their relationship is lacking in some way, or they may not even understand what it means to have a relationship with God. Once you get that going, it's, it's, 
unbelievable how much it takes off hearing from God, experiencing God, seeing God in things, and, and then praying for people and things happen, and then laying hands on people and things happen. It's the Holy Spirit starts working through you. Yeah. It's amazing. And that, that concept of authority, if we really, let me just touch on authority for a second, right? So like we keep saying the term authority, authority is what's giving you um, not like a rulership, but it's giving you a place where you get to make a judgment call about technically you don't have a place to do but it comes from something higher than you. So like the government has authority. Judges have authority. And I don't know if we've ever thought about the concept of authority, but if, let me just kind of run down this and, and let's, let's think about this. If God does, does not actually exist, authority makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Why does a group of people sitting in Washington get to determine anything about my life. Right, Why does a judge sitting on a bench get to determine anything about my life? And he'll probably give a judgment call and it could be something he's engaged in. <laughs> right? But he, right. nobody's judging him because he's sitting on the bench. Where does he get that from? Let's see. Government, see, government was formed by the Lord for protection for to people that they would not run wild, right? It was it was a matter of governance. So God gave authority to certain people and governing bodies, which is why, like in Timothy, it says, you know, Paul says, pray for these governing bodies that you may have peace and be able to continue to spread the gospel, right? But and he also, but the scripture also says it warns judges and teachers. Because they'll be judged harsher by God. And, and so the, the understanding is God has given authority to people over others. Why? Because it's a reflection of him. See, all authority at some point comes from the creator. Mm -hmm. yeah. All authority. So if, if, if it doesn't, because it doesn't make any sense any other way. If it doesn't come from the creator, it's a false authority, mm -hmm. right? And so, so authority in general is given by the Lord. And so what's interesting in the scripture is Jesus gives us spiritual authority mm -hmm. over principalities and powers, mm -hmm. right? And so we wouldn't have it except it comes from the creator. Right. Mm-hmm. So authority only makes sense in the concept of the fact that God exists and he's the one that is the originator of authority, period. Yeah. I'm going to use that on my atheist friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, that is good. And it's true. Yep. Because it, it, it's got to start somewhere and it starts with God. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just people somehow anointing other people that they're more uh, important than you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. See how strange it is then if, if governing authority decides that God should not be involved. 
It's like shooting yeah. yourself in the foot, right? It's like, yeah. it's like you're destroying your own ability to have authority because you're determining that the one who gave you authority no longer should be there. Well, then, then neither should you, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. They're just going to be like back to the future and just fade out, <laughs> fade out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. And like going back to the garden, see Satan steals authority from humanity. Mm. Jesus comes and gives it back. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, now it's, now it's up to us to carry it forward. Mm -hmm. Right. In, in his name, under the power of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Hollywood has really done a great job of teaching us that demons are more powerful and have more authority than, than what they, I mean, they're powerful. Sure. Mm -hmm we have authority over them. But, you know, when you see movies like the exorcist and the conjuring and things like that, that you just, you start to believe and then you want to stay away from them and you don't want to have any part of it. And they're just running wild in your life. When all you got to do is say, get out. <laughs> I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, we need to teach on authority more. I agree with you, Chad. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I think what, number one in my mind is we got to, and, and so many people don't feel that that God loves them as much as he does. Yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of people who've gone, they've walked through some very difficult things. They've lived a difficult life. They've struggled a lot in life and all that sort of thing. And they really don't know or believe that God loves them because of their circumstances in life. And then, so therefore, everything beyond that is broken for them. And, and we've all experienced this to some point in our life. You know, like, like I know, I know Robert, you know, he's kind of given his testimony at different points and talked about it in, in different time periods and different sermons he's given and all that sort of thing. And just knowing his story, when he was young, he, he had struggles in life and he probably questioned that God really loved him and, and, and all that sort of thing. And I'm right there. I mean, I've been through not anything the way that Robert has, but just struggled with different things in life. And there was a period of time where it's like, man, does God really love me? Because, you know, certain parts of life didn't go the way that I wanted them to go and, and different things that happened and all that sort of thing. And I think that so many people out there just doubt or question that God really loves them, that God really has a good plan for them and all that sort of thing. So then everything else just falls by the wayside and, and they never even come close to experiencing authority, you know, and it's, it's almost like you could look at, you know, that there are certain basic things that we have to, um, choose and we have that free will but there are certain basic things that we have to choose in as christians and as believers in order to really truly walk in that authority yeah there's a um i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you i still struggle with those kind of I, you know people who um when you grow up and you have either a bad image of what it is of what your father is, or you have a bad image of, and like today, I mean, like God has transformed the relationship I have with my dad. There's no doubt. I mean, when the Lord entered it, he just started the transformation of that relationship almost immediately. Mm -hmm. But, 
but for years, right, dealing with like a bitterness, like the enemy will use bitterness and hate, mm-hmm. right? And God doesn't use bitterness and hate. God uses love. Mm-hmm. And and so there's when we talk about authority, you we the one of the greatest things we could understand is being God's child. Understanding the concept that God's love extends to us and he doesn't, there's a whole concept about this in scripture. Now we don't have time to go into it tonight, but let me touch on a couple of those because authority carries with this. Our authority carries with this because of this. Jesus is the only unique son of God. In other words, he's made of this, in one sense, theologically, you say he's made of the same material, very God of very God. Right. He's the only one like that. But because of his death and because of his blood, there's this concept of efficiency of the adoption. We are adopted into God's family. Mm-hmm. When Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, it's not the servant's chambers he's preparing. In the con- the Jewish concept here, I go to prepare a place for you. Imagine if you will. So my son just got married. So let me give you the Jewish concept. Cause this is beautiful. This is a beautiful concept. I wish, I wish we could grab hold of this and like, just keep this with us every day. But this is a beautiful concept. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you and I'm going to call you to myself and there you'll be with me. It's so powerful. It's so amazing because it's a family concept. It's not a servant concept. It's not. A, it's it's a family concept because what would happen like my son just got married it would it'd be like this in, in the Jewish concept we would have a one or two bedroom place and then oh my son's getting married so he's going to bring us the daughter right that we don't have he's bringing us a daughter so we're going to add a room onto our house and then what you do is as the family grows you keep adding one more room oh maybe Okay, maybe uh, Janone's mom's not feeling well. We got to add another room. And what you end up with is like these housing units of like one and two bedroom places that are all connected to each other. And you know, that's one big family unit. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And we have messed it up in the American concept by saying, I can't wait to have my mansion. Somebody translated that as mansions and And that is not what Jesus is saying. And it misses the whole family understanding. What Jesus is saying is every time somebody comes to faith, he adds another room. He said in my father's house, there are many rooms. And and what it is, is you are now family. Why, Why are the angels jealous? Because they're not God's family. God made us his family family because of the blood of Christ adopted in adopted in and you know what uh, Paul talks about this in Galatians the difference between being uh, being Ishmael and being Isaac Ishmael's the servant of a, born of a servant girl always a servant never getting to experience the true sonship of Abraham Isaac, on the other hand, did. Mm. And so Paul was expressing to the Galatians who are trying to leave the faith, right? He's expressing to them, why would you want to be slaves again? 
Wouldn't you rather be sons? Mm. And and the expression of sonship carries authority. It carries authority. I have one child, right? I have I have a son. And I basically told Caleb, I'm like, hey, you don't ever have to worry about fighting over any inheritance. It's all yours. Right? It's all yours. <laughs> and that's the concept. That's the authority of sonship. Right? He has the keys to the house. Yeah. Right. He can he can he can go to the father whenever because he's a child. A servant cannot do that. And too many times in in our relationships, we imagine ourselves as servants of the most high, which there's a concept there for that. But we imagine ourselves as servants and not sons and not daughters. But the authority comes as being children of the most high, not as being servants of the most high. Man, that's powerful because, you know, that's important because we are children of God and we profess that over ourselves and say, I'm a child of God. But man, that puts it in perspective because that's that's it. You're in you're in the family. Yeah. Every time we Jesus and we take that every time we share communion, it's we're at his table. This is this is all Mm -hmm. authority because of of the relationship that is now what we have right like it's power it's a powerful concept that i think a lot of times and there should be confidence in that i may mess up i may screw up but i am a child of the king Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. man that's good that's good that's real good Hey, you know, Chad, one thing about this software that I really like is it keeps track of the time for us. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil, not only does Phil love his, his Atari joystick shirt, but he loves uh, to be the timekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, the, man, this the, was a great conversation tonight, though. It was, and it goes so fast. It does. But that's awesome, though. We, this was a good. It was a great teaching, and it, and it really reinforces who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I pray that a lot of people get a lot of out of this what we talked about tonight because it was. Can I can I say really one good. last thought about that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So if we go to Roman culture, and the reason Paul uses that adoption and it's literally we're adopted, right? Is because. Uh, in Roman culture, you could actually uh, disown a biological child because they could have been an accident. You didn't, yeah, yeah. There's something wrong, or something wrong with them. You could never disown an adopted child because you chose them. Oh, oh, I didn't. So. So in Roman culture, wow. you could not disown your adopted child. And God doesn't call it. We're not biological children. We're adopted children. He chose us. He chose us. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I never heard that before. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's a mic dropper. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. It's so important for us to know who we are. Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, I mean, we could spend hours talking about identity and the importance of it. And yeah, we really could, but it is important. And it's important to know authority. It's important to have a relationship. It's all important. And then society, that's where authority comes from, right? If you're a judge, you don't ever question your authority. You know you have it because of who gave it to you, right? You're in governing authority, you know, like the presence who gives like we assume that the authority is ours in and of ourself but because of our identity in christ we know that then that's why he says it can't it, that he it's been given to him therefore go mm -hmm. and so so we should have authority yeah. really carries with it this it's got to carry this confidence based on who we are Yep. Yep. He loves us. We know who we are. Next step for us is to be bold and take our authority. Because we've got it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, since this will be on on Monday, Thursday, I just want to say happy Easter, everyone. And uh, hope you go to church more than just this Sunday. Establish something. Establish a... Find a good church and establish a good connection with God and go where he's leading you to go more than just this Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Happy Easter, Happy everybody. Easter. Resurrection. Yes. Robert, thank you for joining us again tonight. If you don't be careful, you <laughs> might just become somebody permanent on this show. <laughs> no, we really enjoyed having you and uh, um, not sure what, next week we'll bring it it's uh been kind of uh, a tumultuous time getting close to easter you know ian running everywhere i'm going to be running a lot next week so um we'll, we'll get it figured out though and we'll we'll make sure we bring you a show again for after easter we'll have a show we don't know who's going to be on but we'll have that's one. right that's right all right guys well thanks for joining in tonight and thank you all for joining in and, you know, leave us some feedback, give us some comments, share this video, uh, like, and subscribe on the YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast. So you never miss when, when it comes out, we're here every Thursday night. Well, most every Thursday night, we try to make it every Thursday night, 7 PM, but, uh, we'd love to know what you think, especially with this one here. So mm -hmm. thanks for yep. joining in. Yep. Have Good a night, great everybody. week.